Even without the challenges of the last two years, raising your kids not to be gobshites is exceptionally hard. I think we can all agree. I don't know anyone who doesn't need a little bit of help. I don't know anyone who wouldn't feel a little bit better hearing what other people are dealing with. So here we are. The first ever episode of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid, the parenting podcast from an Irishman abroad. This is a place where you get to anonymously submit your parenting problems and we will do our level best to answer them with the help of our resident child development expert, Tina Regan. Tina also happens to be married to me, so she has seen every failed and successful attempt I have made (laughs) to parent our little boy. Mikey, Tina, thanks for being here. Lovely to be here. I'm excited (laughs) and nervous, but excited. Nothing to be nervous about because Tina has obviously worked in the area of early learning for 20 years plus as a Montessori directress with special focus on child development, early intervention and severe behaviour issues. But what I like the most, Tina, about your approach is that you don't see there being a right and a wrong way, which is often the thing that people are most scared of when they go to a parenting podcast. They're going to be told, oh, you're doing it all wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all just trying. Everyone's trying their best, we hope. And uh, we're all just trying to survive our children and help them turn out to be good people. Survive and enjoy them. Yeah, enjoy them. Yeah, this, this is the thing that like, yeah, it is. It is about survival and your relationship surviving. Yeah. But it is about extracting as much crack from them yeah, as possible. And it's so hard being a parent that the last thing you need is more judgment. You're so aware you're being judged all the time. Absolutely. You just need a bit of support and hopefully we can do that. Absolutely. And one of the things I even pointed out to Tina this morning was how some parents, you could see it all over them that they used to be crack before this child oh, arrived, yeah, it's like sometimes that that gets on top of you. And now no, they're the they're now the sheriff. It's the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like I don't, I don't want to be the law enforcer. But our house in our house, the issue is the other direction in that I would say and I'll be the first to offer some kind of parenting problem here because I don't think this is going to work if we don't offer <laughs> what we're dealing with. The biggest parenting problem you and I face is that I have a difficulty with being the bad guy or being. We have to the world, we have an only child. But in our house, we have I have two children. (laughs) No, you're a great dad. You're great. But you you do love to be Mikey's best friend. Yeah, I think he definitely at times views me as his older, wealthier friend. Yeah. Rather than daddy who's in charge. I still have difficulty even saying that out loud but I guess that's going to be an ongoing discussion and I think you've gotten I mean he is 11 now so I mean we're still working on it but uh, I think you've gotten better at not just yes ending every idea he has Mm. and encouraging everything he wants to do well you guys have been submitting your questions and your problems massive thanks to everyone who has done it honey you're ruining our kid at gmail.com very easy to get in touch with us we read and reply to every single message but let's get to it our first anonymous emailer says you're not wrong parenting is fecking hard although having kids is mostly lovely i think we all agree that so with this in mind How about your thoughts about parenting the child that keeps nicking sweets and cakes and then lies (laughs) through their teeth about it when you raise it with them? Suspect more than one of us did it ourselves as kids. I can definitely raise my hand on that. And quite frankly, 
with full honesty, who isn't inclined to procrastinate with a sneaky trip to the biscuit tin and stash, right? So, however, it's addressing the lying. Yeah. It's the lying is the problem. Yeah. The lying that's the challenge here. And that I was really hoping I could sneak the last selection box bit for herself as it sat on top of the microwave for the whole week. But no, some other fecker has got there first. <laughs> so there's that added frustration too. Could look with the latest venture. Anonymous. Like, look, mm. this is 12 and 9 year olds. Yeah. And the lying just seems to be something that that's a broad problem that goes right, can go right down to when they can first speak. Yeah. True. It's one of the first things they learn. But for whatever reason, age eight, nine and ten is a pretty experimental time for lying. They really push it, see what they can, how they can bend the truth. It seems to be like part of that stage of development, really. They've discovered lying, how effective it can yeah. be used. And they want to see what they can it. get away with. And it's so hard because it's really tricky to... To explain to them how much it hurts your feelings because you know when your child is lying and how do you get them to be honest without sharing them with all the Catholic guilt we were raised with? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, what an effective tool that really was. Oh, God, yeah, the ever watching eye. I mean, these kids are not afraid of us (laughs) ever. And yeah, I know the lying is tough because I always find it really disrespectful because I'm like, you think I'm a fool? Yeah, you're playing me for a chump. Yeah. I know you're lying. Yeah. And the more and then accusing them of that makes them it doesn't make them own own up. It makes them double down. Yeah, let's just mm. accept for a minute here exactly how frustrating oh, the lying God, is. I am with this mom on this. Yeah. Because when it's like looking at you straight in the yeah. face. Yeah. And I have again I've spoken about this on stage <laughs> where you know we've found the crime. Yeah. <laughs> It just makes sense. There's literally no one else that could have done it. Yeah. But still, it's it wasn't me. It's the shaggy defense. Oh, (laughs) and and it's so hard because you promise them that if they just tell the truth, you won't you won't react. And then you do react. (laughs) Then you do because then you go, well, why did you lie? Yeah. Why were you lying? Why? Why would you lie yeah. to me? Oh, Tina's lying. Yeah. Why? why? Why would you lie to me? I feel terrible for this mother, but I do think it's a phase because I think we've just come through it. Mm. Mikey's 11 now and uh, it did take a lot of explaining to him how when you lie, baby Jesus Christ. Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> when you lie, you An hurt my... An angel loses my, its wings. Yeah. You hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I kept saying to him that... um we know you're lying like we know it's all over you you're yeah. fooling nobody you're crap at it and you're crap <laughs> yeah we made him feel real bad about himself get better at lying <laughs> well i mean but you're right they're watching so many of our leaders lie all the time. yes it, it, like, it's everywhere economy the with the truth oh, is definitely yeah. an issue that mm. they're all aware of and david williams books the truth didn't know that I should have pre-read but them. But look, even Beverly Hills Cop, when yeah. Beverly Hills Cop came out, I realised that you could, you know, kind of mm. be something else. Yeah, but that's... And yeah, kind of fun duplicity. Yeah, but it is the their face lies that kill us as parents. I yeah. Think. And uh, um, the sweet situation, I feel like, um, you know, when we had Mikey, I only because of working with children for so long, I'd really seen the effects 
it can have on children if sweets are uttered and biscuits are something fetishized. Yeah, if they only have them as treats on certain yeah. times, it kind of makes them go a bit lula. They yeah, they yeah. need them even when they don't want them. So I don't know if it's too late for this mom, but if she wanted to maybe stop, try and stop, give it a go, keeping them as a out of reach thing. Just leave them wherever they go. Don't put rules on them for a little while and see if they just don't want them anymore or, or they're not as panicked about getting a biscuit in. I remember being that age and I was definitely raised in a house where I just was obsessed with the obtaining of sweets. Because you weren't allowed them. Well, yeah, they just weren't around the house. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't heaps and heaps of biscuits. Yeah. The biscuits would be gone by Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so you, then you have to wait till Friday then for you're, biscuits. Then you're panicked. You're like, if I don't take one of these, I'm not getting one of them. Definitely. There was a bit yeah. of that. I remember making a show myself at uh, birthday parties oh, yeah. where I was stuffing my pockets with you sweets. You were a child hoover. Because that's what you see at the birthday parties. The yeah. Kids who never get them are down on their hands and knees under the table hoovering the floor. So that's <laughs> twofold. Though. That's that's twofold. So first of all, try and remove the kind of specialness of the sweets. Yeah. And you know, that might be what's driving the... Yeah, I'm not saying it's the right... It mightn't be right for them at all. But I feel like we don't do that in our house. Is that too... I don't want to be preachy I'm or but um I just feel like for me it's worked and it's always my advice to other mums and dads is don't make them a thing that they think they can only have on certain days yeah but the lies it's the lies lies, like at the center of it I don't think the mom minds them having the selection box even though she has expressed her frustration (laughs) with missing out on them well, there's a sneakiness to that. Yes. And that's probably what's hurting her feelings because they're going through a lot of trouble to sneak to sneak them out. And, un, you know, and... So you say explain a, the hurt, though. Explain. Yeah, that's what I would You've do. hurt me. Yeah. When you... Yeah. I think oh, also, I mean, it is a teacher's superpower. You know, we can't give out to kids anymore, but you can tell them you feel sad and kids cannot cope with that oh my god their little faces so if you do i know these are older kids but it's still the same definitely like we did with our little guy explain to them that when they tell these lies that you know they're lying and it hurts you in your heart your feelings it's disrespectful and you're sad and hopefully Repeating that dialogue again and again and again will make them realise that when they lie, it actually it's actually tough on mom. Well, this relates to one thing that I do need to talk to you about. And this is kind of central pillar of your philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) You've been stealing my sweets. I'm only kidding. You know that there are people listening to this now going, yeah, but my little lad is bollocks. (laughs) He is more than a gobshite. He is a well just do it to spite you. And if I said to him, you're hurting me in my heart, he'd go, ah, (laughs) (laughs) and that would drive him forward. You don't believe, though, that there's bold kids. No, I don't believe that any child is bold. I think they're all just trying their best. And if they're displaying behaviours, there is a struggle there that we need to take a minute and watch and see, Okay, what is behind that story? What's behind that behaviour? I also don't like children getting put in a box because that child is ever changing. It's a different child every day of the week. I mean, Mm. every day they're growing, they're becoming. But I get how it's, look, 
I find it way easier to teach children and manage the children in my class behaviours because I'm not worrying about the grown up they're going to become. And as parents, we're consistently stressed out because we're like, oh, my God, who are you turning into? Who are you going to? Are you just going to be a liar now? Is that what you're going to do for the rest of your life? You're just going to lie to everyone. So I get that. And I'm struggling. We're all trying so hard to get it right with our kids, but we we're, none of us are going to get it. Right. <laughs> well, you said it. I mean, yeah. that's kind of, again, the central reason for this show is that fear. Yeah. Of, and I, whenever I'm having the discussion about lies with Mikey, it's like, who do you want to be? Yeah. Pick it. Pick who you want to be. You want to be the person that steals your ma's selection box? <laughs> that's who that's what you want your childhood memories to be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we did our best there, uh, Tina. Let's take another one. OK. So the next one is another anonymous email. It says, hey, Pat, love the show. Always appreciate it. Hey, Pat, love the show. (laughs) Uh, We are struggling to get our 20 month old to eat anything (laughs) that isn't pasta and bolognese. We have a similar problem with our four year old. Won't eat anything spicy, inverted commas. <laughs> I'd imagine that those are his words, which can also be read as flavorful. <laughs> I feel like Oliver Twist eating the same thing every day as a result. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Looking forward to the new podcast. This is, I'd imagine... Oh, well, we can oh, relate to this. People. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm living this at the moment. Well, no, come on now. It, we're better now. You're so defensive of your child. <laughs> I'm sorry. He thinks pepper is too spicy. Yeah, that's true. But we had definitely had a time when he was small at this age where it was like I was doing exactly what I tell every parent not to do, which was I was making our dinner and making him his own dinner because I just couldn't take the stress of the, sitting the down. Row. Well, yeah, sitting at the table and just being like, oh my God, my God, and you eat your food. Yeah. Or him complaining about the dinner. So, but then, you know what? It was actually another mom in the class. I noticed the kids' lunches were unbelievable. And uh, I was like, how do you get your child to eat that food? And she was like... She, when she makes the dinners, and we did this, that um, put it all, leave the plates on the table empty and put all the dinners in bowls in the middle. It sounds so... What do you mean? So what arrange you, it like tapas? Yeah, that's what we did to get Mikey eaten. If it, it, like, You've got to stop being surprised when I <laughs> feign ignorance okay, sorry. of things. You're like, jar, do you not remember? <laughs> I remember. I'm yeah. trying. Okay, to, I'm okay. so sorry. So like tapas. Yes, like tapas. And, uh, you know, put the spoon in each bowl and then let them take whatever they want. And, uh, you know, they will eat because they are hungry. And even if, you know, put out something, you know, they eat in one of the bowls like the pasta. But maybe leave that further into the but table. But this kid's 20 months old. You ask this kid to help yourself to some uh, tapas. Oh, see, no, that kid is one and a half. He... Is it a boy or girl? I'm so sorry. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Doesn't matter. Sorry, I just didn't want to say he or she when I... But, uh, I mean, that kid has it all going on. That kid knows well. And that kid <laughs> that kid's ha- probably been to a tapas restaurant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, back in pandemic, probably. <laughs> but, I mean, we're always underestimating our kids and what they're capable of. But I definitely think 
that family, if they're able to for a little while, just make your normal dinners, whatever you want to eat and put it out in bowls and let your kid take from that and put on their plate or you can put or get the plates with the different sections in them and just put and just it it does work because I was losing my mind with Mikey. I mean, he basically only ate pasta and mashed potato. And, and I sausages. Was like, oh, and f- sausages. Jesus. And now I think he's pretty good. I definitely, since he was four or five, so it went on a lot longer than these poor people. Yeah. I start doing that and now he eats whatever's put I, down. I don't of. know if we're totally through it, if I'm totally honest. I know that you're very defensive of our little well, I don't think most kids are going to eat a spicy curry. So we have At to 11. be. Yeah, I think you have to be reasonable too. Come on, curry's delicious. It is delicious, but I don't think I had a curry until but I was the, a teenager. The lad, like, yeah. I know that this emailer is going, if I put the dinner yeah. out into little tapas plates, yeah. he will eat the one he likes. Yes, he and will. That's it. But he will also, when he doesn't feel the pressure of having to try everything, maybe give stuff a try. Mm. He he will. Or maybe you say you have to take a little something off no, each. No, no, no. You no? have to take the pressure out of it. <laughs> okay. You just leave it out and you say nothing. And I know this child is a little bit smaller, so maybe, like I say, get the little plates and put a taste of each one on the plate and just let them explore the food. The minute there's any pressure, you're screwed. Because they they'll, they have a massive will and don't mind pushing back. <laughs> so yeah. what about spicy, though? Because, like, that's a, that's an Irish palate. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> I mean, you ask an Irish person to eat a pack of Monster Munch and they're like, oh, holy, yeah, holy moly. I did a visit India here today. I yeah. can't eat spicy at well, all. That has to be gradual, too. You can't just expect your child to like spicy food if they've never had it before. You have to, like, just introduce it a tiny bit. But as this guy says, it's it's literally flavor. It's yeah. not spicy. Yeah. It's like anything sharp. But they like bland. It's so normal, though. It's hard, but that is normal. Cold comfort. It's normal. Yeah, I know. I wh- know. When are we going to get to not eat gruel? That's what he's <laughs> asking. <laughs> I know, but I'm just telling him that like, he's not on his own in this. Okay. There's so many parents struggling with the same thing. I mean, we know people who still make separate meals for their Four kid. different dinners. Yeah. Yep. But um, I do think that mealtime in this house stopped being so stressful when I tried that. Mm. I was so grateful to that mom for telling me and I was able to phase that out and now I just give Mikey whatever we're eating and he tries it. I think this isn't going to be the last one of these that we get because I remember there being kids in my class who wouldn't eat anything. Oh look, our lads still won't have school dinners. I mean, I have to get up and make him a lunch every morning when he could just have school dinner at school. It's so annoying. So it's constant. It is. It's constant. And you, we're all afraid to have the fussy eater. But I do yeah. think if you introduce stress or if they know it stresses you out, they're getting a little bit, of a, a bit of a kick out, out of it. it. Unfortunately, it's yeah. like, you know, you're one, you know, a 20 month old is a very awake baby. Does it strike you as funny that... You're sitting here now giving this advice when young Tina mm. didn't have the most. Uh, <gasps> Ratting me out. <laughs> oh, my God. I, mean, I wasn't expecting that. But you were a teenager. Yeah, I guess I do. Didn't eat. Tell uh, people. Well. What were you limiting yourself to? Uh, chips. Chips. For my whole life. <laughs> and that's it. Well, if we went for, when we went for restaurants as children, yeah. Just I, chips. Just chips. And. You'd be going like 
to Carveries. And tomato and sauce sandwiches. Tomato sauce sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I used to eat those. Yeah, I saw it on the beachcombers. And was, uh, my parents, I was only two and three and I was being left on my own at the dinner table. And I was in such a habit of waiting until they... The telly was on and they were relaxed and then I put it in the bin that one night I got up and did that while they were all still at the table and I got into so much trouble. <laughs> I remember it because I'd never had such a fright in my life. The name, Tina, what are you doing? As so you I absentmindedly scrape, got up from the table with your dinner and emptied it into the bin in full view of your mother. And my little sister wasn't even on the scene yet. So I was little doing that. I was too, who leaves a cutie two-year-old on their own eating their dinner? I mean, that's a safety. What's hilarious about this story is <laughs> that it's told to me every time I visit <laughs> your house. Yeah, but also I was eating like our dinners. Some of those dinners were liver. I mean, who serves up liver? Uh, people live it in the 80s. 80s. Let's be honest. <laughs> what Sorry, so got I do, you out of it? Because Well, I know what you mean. I do tend to very much have a lot of empathy for kids who aren't too crazy about food and it did take me into my you know what it was I did home economics at school and you got to know a bit more about food and I do think food education is important yeah so maybe making some stuff together oh definitely sorry I should involving the kid in the dinner involving the kid in the baking because then they're proud of it well also they're going to give it a try their hands are always in their mouths everything goes into their mouths why does the not the not tasty food not go in their mouth? They put Is the, there everything. an argument for starving the child? <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. not even messing. No, because my uh, dad used to messing. say, you are "If messing. you're hungry, you'd eat it." Yeah, no. That was the line. That's and it. it is true that maybe cutting out some snacks in between meals makes your child a bit more likely if they're cooking the dinner with you to give it a try. I think you have to be very, very careful about any negative reaction to food and any kind of negative consequence. I mean, it's taking away their food. is just no, no. And treats and snacks. Uh, children are hungry all the time. Yeah. Like you need to feed them a lot. Otherwise you get a cranky kids. Most of the time, sometimes kids are crying and I'm like, well, when did you feed them last? Because they're obviously starving. They burn it so fast. They need it nearly every hour. They need meals. And I mean, I just think I know it's I, I'm rambling now and I'm so sorry. But the most important thing is that your child is eating some food. And we're all trying to cope with that. And I would suggest that thing that mom told me because it did change our life a bit. And I know you still don't think we're up to the standard you'd like, but it definitely changed it around here because I was making different dinners for Mikey and I haven't done that in years. But I like what you say about, look, for this emailer, the important thing is your child's eating. Yeah, yeah. Because so many kids that won't. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Reluctant to actually eat And that's why you have to be so careful because children are in such and especially that age you're in such a stage of order that they can figure you out so fast that if not eating becomes a way that they can get attention that's what they'll do you have to be so careful even the best most loved child will crave the attention because i think i said to you before that as parents for whatever reason when we praise our child we do it so flippantly but when we're giving out to our child, they have full on eye contact. You are there. You are present. And sometimes kids will seek out that. And you'll often get a hug at the end. Yeah, they'll seek it out because they're like, for those moments, 
My parent is completely focused on me. So you do have to be very careful in that way. Yeah, because uh, this is a, I think I've definitely witnessed a bit of willfulness at the table getting a big reaction. Oh, yeah. And that becoming kind of part of the routine. But I, again, I doubt it's the last food related question that yeah. we're going to get. And I hope I'm helping a bit there. I don't mean to sound like I don't know everything. I just don't. No one does. But I do know that that helped us. Love the podcast and with a four and a two year old and another on the way in the summer, congratulations. I'm excited to hear about this upcoming parenting podcast. Well, you're in it. My question relates to my four year old using the toilet. He toilet trained pretty easily about 1.5 years ago. But one thing that he still won't do is number two when he's in preschool. Okay, pretty normal. For some reason, he just won't do it there. <laughs> God. This is actually so common. Okay, so, so this is good. Need, yeah. Okay, he's he, he'll hold it until he gets home. The poor guy. Yeah, but I mean, that, our child does that. Loads of children do that. They just don't poo at school. Actually, I shouldn't. No, well, let's get to it because he says this often ends up with him coming home with a really sore tummy and has led to one or two accidents in preschool. Any advice on helping him get over it? Oh, I mean, oh, on the one hand, it's our first poop question, but. Uh, well, first of all, like I said, uh, it's super normal, especially for boys to hold onto their poop or have trouble letting it go in certain places. Maybe, I know this sounds very obvious, but sometimes children need to just be told they can do their poos at school. Sometimes they don't know that's an option. It might be a wiping thing. He might be nervous that he's not as good or he can't ask for help because he's four and four-year-olds are pretty together and, you know, they think they're grown up. So he might be too embarrassed if he needs help wiping. And also he might just not feel comfortable relaxing at school doing it but it is part of the curriculum at that age it's it's part of self-care and the teachers should be willing to help you with it and maybe talk about it do more circles about how important it is for our digestive system maybe you could ask them to do that as a topic in school and how you know um, I remember a friend of mine had a child who's now fully grown teenager, but we bought them the Everybody Poos book. Everybody Poos, easily available on Amazon. I think yeah. I even sent the link to this to oh, the okay, emailer. Yeah. Because it's just a silly book, but reminds the child that what you're doing is not, is so normal that it so happens to everyone. So some of it is bound up in shame. Well, I think there, I think children, you know, can feel pretty uncomfortable when they're doing their poos. So mm. they want to do it where they feel the most comfort. And that is home. But Maybe holding on to their mom's hand. Who knows? And, you know, if they're not. That's how I like to put Well, I mean. Holding on to my mother's hand. A little four year old is at school away from his family. I know he's doing his or her thing. But it's it's so common that I also think it's amazing. This mom managed to toilet train her child at what two and a half that is fantastic hmm. because so many people are so afraid of toilet training that they're leaving it so late they're basically coming to school and they're just stop wearing their nappies so I think that mom's brilliant and uh, I think definitely keep talking to her child about it definitely. it should be an open door with the teachers though yeah. if you say oh, this is where we are we absolutely. need to sort this out 
because for a four it's on the curriculum yeah 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 it's one of the responsibilities of an early years teacher is to make sure that the children feel confident with all their toileting issues and i mean they we know i know what it's like when they have when they soil themselves i mean they're mortified they are really trying to do everything but that Mm. because they know that you know, you don't make a big deal of it, of course not. But everyone knows what's happened. Yeah. They have to change their clothes. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if I've really helped there. But what I'm basically saying is definitely approach the teachers. Ask for help. Get them to do the digestive system. Talk about our bodies at school and how normal it is and important it is to poo. How that is where the waste comes out and you need to do it. But I feel like it might be a comfort thing for this child and maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable enough at school. So maybe talking about that and how school is safe and it's okay to be there. Yeah, you see, two things that you say there that make me think. So are you saying, because I feel like the emailer wants to know, what do I say to my kid? And you're saying, well, probably you've done nothing wrong, but that they feel a little tense in school and that it's actually up to the teachers to go. This is a safe place where you can do the normal things that you do. And among those normal things is taking a dump in. You don't you don't say taking a dump when it's a kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's a poop. Yeah, well, you know, you're you're always best to speak in absolute facts with children and just be like. What's the correct term to use in terms of poop with them? I would just say poop. (laughs) I never really overthought that or number two. But, there's, you know, most kids, it's a bit sore. They're still finding it a bit uncomfortable, you know, and especially if they're holding on to it. So then that's that anxiety of Mm -hmm. feeling pain and you're not at home with your mom or your dad to hold your hand. So I would just... Yeah. Ask. Also ask him, is that the problem or is it sore? You know? Yeah. Like, but um, could it be a diet thing? I don't know, because like I say, our boy's 11. He still has never done his poo at school. I Are you serious? First of all, that. this is news to me. I think it's pretty. Mikey's never. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Kids don't like doing it at school. Like They just don't. Yeah. It so doesn't I help if you have seen. Some of these toilets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe this guy's kid. Yeah, maybe they. It's just like, uh, Daddy, you wouldn't do it either. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. No matter how much you try and keep on top of that hot mess at school as a teacher, it is nonstop. And yeah. Well, so. I hope that's a help. I really do. And I very much doubt that it's going to be the last poop question no, that we receive. Not. Keep them coming in no no issue too small yeah. or big because as you say that's a like, that's a very straightforward one if you have something that's very unusual yeah. that you feel like i've never heard of this before bang that into us because i imagine if she if that lady talks to any of the other parents in the class they're all struggling with the same thing i'd imagine you know <laughs> I don't think anyone's coming to this show expecting you to know anything, Tina, but we are going to enlist <laughs> the uh, help of our friends at our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie. If you are having trouble with your youngster, whatever age they are, Jigsaw.ie can help you. Their collection of resources and workshops are astonishing at helping young people equip themselves with the skills they'll need to survive in life beyond the pandemic. I have been working with them now for nearly two years and all the feedback I get is that 
these people are game changers. You can ring them. You can have them come out to your school to do workshops. You can go and visit them like uh, Prince William did. They are an unbelievable resource. And we're going to try and enlist their help and their experts as we go into the next episode of this series, which will focus on mental health and anxiety specifically Mm. for kids young and older who are dealing with a very uncertain world. And we already got in a bunch of amazing emails on that. So if you have another question on it, feel free to ping it through honey or ruining our kid at gmail.com. But now we'll go to the final section of the show, which is parenting news. comes from the British newspaper, The Daily Record. Get used to my most annoying uh, accents of all time. Tina hates when I do accents. Absolutely hates it. God, Even really? when I do a bit Boris saying, oh, oh my God. does anybody fancy coming around the garden you're for really a little ratting game of... me out on this podcast. Uh, but Tina, these are good voices. <laughs> I uh, just don't like I impressions. Mean, this, uh, who, who'd like to come around the back garden and have a little game of buckaroo? It's <laughs> a hell of a game. Has anybody watch Bridgerton? It's terribly sexy. Anyway, wished, wished. Daily Record. Dakota.uk mums hmm. discuss the modern parenting advice that gets on their nerves the most. Okay. We've got a ton to choose from here. Uh, let's start with this. Sleep when your baby sleeps. What human can fall asleep for 20 seconds and nap for 30 minutes every two hours? None. Just babies. So stop <laughs> telling me to do this. Sleep when your baby sleeps is a really common piece of advice. Oh, yeah. But like you definitely couldn't live by that. I remember people saying it to you. Why don't you go for a nap now that he's having a nap? Yeah, I was too afraid to, I think. Because you're you're so tired that you're afraid you won't wake up. I mean, I wish here's what I wish people would tell you when you're going to have a baby about sleep. You're not going to sleep for the next three years. Are you kidding me? Imagine you just knew that. But that's too much. Are you no, serious? It's not too much. That's real. That's real life. You got to invest. That's real talk. <laughs> Tina, snap it up. I'm sorry. If you're lucky, it, it sto- your sleep gets a bit better at three. And obviously there's windows in there where the kid will sleep a bit better. But I just think if you were more awake and aware that, okay, stop seeking the sleep that's not going to come to you because it's heartbreaking at the time you're so tired you're losing your mind with tiredness and you keep thinking oh maybe I'll get sleep tonight you're not going to get sleep until that child is at school and or in nursery and a little bit more settled using their energy way more eating better and sleeping better and I just feel so sorry for every mom I see because I just know and dad I know and siblings (laughs) siblings because <laughs> they're not you're not getting your sleep and it's just tough time I don't think you even know who you are anymore when you're that sleep deprived well I think it's it's one way of looking at it isn't it oh yeah, yeah you're I'm saying, not right you're saying I just feel like I, I would have liked but, but somebody to what, yeah but I kind of think what you were saying is stop don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> Uh, you we aren't fr- going to get the quality of sleep that you had prior yeah. to this child yeah. for at least three years. And assuming or chasing it mm. is going to leave you broken. And if you are getting sleep, don't ever tell anyone about it. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> That's the best one. Don't, anyway, sleep's, sleep's long. Don't oh my mention God, it. Because the minute sleeper. you do, it's gone. 
it's gone it's gone you just jinx yourself yeah it's like with running brings it back to running for the first time <laughs> people who go i've been so uh so lucky no injuries you can be guaranteed mm. that there's somewhere jinx going Look, on there there's not enough though about the sleep because honestly i just feel so sorry for all the moms all the moms i mean you just don't get any sleep because you're you know the first little while you're afraid to sleep because you're just watching your baby the whole time because you're mm. like oh god i haven't a clue what to do and now i have to sleep i'm expected to sleep and keep an eye on this baby while i'm sleeping it's crazy poor moms and you know what i wasn't a very nice teacher before i became a mom because when moms used to turn up in the school I used to teach in, in their pajamas and stuff, I'd be like, get your shit together. <laughs> you didn't. I did. I was terrible. I was like, come on. Because you just hadn't lived it. Hadn't lived it. Oh, the minute I went back to teaching after having our child, I was just, I just greet every mother who makes it to the school with kindness. Mm. I'm like, well done. You got here. And that does make it hard, though, doesn't it? When you're getting advice from teachers who you're like, you don't have a child. Well, yeah, I know. And I hate that it makes a difference, but it really does make a difference because you have an empathy for mm. what they're going through. I mean, the most amazing thing that changed for me as a teacher was that I realized the life that child has before they get to school. Yeah. I mean, they've already lived. You don't know what's happened it's been that a full morning. day. You got to be so kind to them. They they more than likely their mom has shouted at them to get their shoes on and get out the door you know there's most kids get to school and there's been some kind of argument in the house and a mom at drop off you're basically letting a mom know it's okay you know we'll talk. I got it from here yeah and you know don't feel too bad about screaming at your child this morning <laughs> <laughs> they deserved it no I'm joking they didn't deserve it <laughs> but uh, they might have it's hard and uh, yeah I'm sorry the sleep thing I just think stop annoying people by sleep and be real you're not going to get any sleep anymore um, that's the end of parenting news for this <laughs> week yeah so we did it our first episode of honey you're ruining our kid <laughs> uh, and i thought a good way to finish and i am springing this on you tina as the ending of our episode and before i reveal what the surprise is i do want to say encourage anyone who wants to email in honey you're ruining our kid at gmail.com whatever it is even if it's something that you have observed and yeah. just want to say is this crazy because how many times have you seen your kid do something where you're going dad i don't know if that's that's good yeah uh, <laughs> let us know we won't you'll be fully anonymous you go ahead what are you going to say well i was just going to say like i we don't have all the answers we're no. we're learning all the time and every child is so individual but we can we try also and try and find the answer yeah. if you, tina is stumped by yeah. one of your suggestions but to close the show i thought with the spirit of improvement as a parent in mind and you know crack which is at the center of this mm. podcast. What would you like me not to do, Tina? <laughs> like what? <laughs> She's oh, like, wow. where do I begin? Yeah. Uh, this like, like this is for me as much as anything. But that makes it sound like you're the only one who's has problems. Oh, then parenting. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, like because I, I mean, I've got that same stress that everyone has. Oh, my God, who's my child turning into? Which Well, will I go first and tell you something? OK, go on. Brave man. Well, go on. Hit me, hit me. well, Mikey's already told you this. What? That 
because of the difficulties that we had with him in the beginning. And, you know, at some point in the series, we'll explain the full story of what happened to Mikey when he was born, how tough it was and how that can shape you as a parent. The decisions that you're going to make throughout. Tina does get anxious when it's anything. There's anything I do. You, you know, we've all got our own hang ups on different things. If Mikey's something stuck in his tooth, Tina's like, oh, my God, do we need to go to the dentist? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm just so. Af- yeah, it's true. I'm working on it, but I'm always so afraid that he's in pain. He doesn't complain. So I'm always worried. Is there a pain? He's just not telling us. Hmm. I'm like, please tell me. Is Part there something of that wrong? is, though, that you're in pain a lot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've done an episode in the past about what Tina's living with. And again, we'll discuss that further as the series well, goes I, on. I do worry that because I don't complain. I sound like such a, I don't complain, but I don't tend don't. to complain that I feel like he's learned that behavior. And now I never know if he's OK, because I'm like, oh, no, I don't complain because it's, there's no point. I mean, it's never changing. But if you've got something wrong with you, we can fix it. Mm. And that's the thing. I'm like, it's not the same, Mikey. I'm not going to get better. But if there's something wrong with you, we can we can get you better. Yeah. But he yeah. has started now saying mom relax yeah <laughs> and I, that would be my my yeah, thing yes, is that yeah, yeah if you're jumping each and every time he okay. is less likely to come well, forward i think you know what my one is anytime mikey has an idea no matter what it is like at all charlotte encourages it but not just for a little while like to the end to like now we're making our own board game that i'm gonna have to play some baloney to do with wars and cities and oh and I have to and I sound like such a curmudgeon here but is that the word here's my defense right (laughs) but it's like why couldn't you just have said we have loads of board games because now we're gonna have to play a board game where he makes up the rules willy-nilly and and I'm going to be very cross (laughs) well you know I can't wait for people to eventually get this board game into their hands because (laughs) Mikey is so dead serious about this idea of building his own board game to me the key and my pushback on this is the word completion yes to me it's like great idea follow it through yeah let's complete it don't quit yeah. Don't have ideas, and there, there's that yeah. spice rack which you tried is, to build, which is beautiful. And you're, uh, you are a lovely, lovely daddy. But when Mikey says things to you like, "Let's watch uh, Die Hard 3 you're like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Charlotte, <laughs> what's the rating on that movie?" <laughs> That's true. The board game is probably not the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Die Hard Three is a better example, yeah. which includes the N word in the first four minutes of the movie. I'm like, Charlotte, uh, it's you, not a kids movie. Just because Mikey asked isn't enough reason for us to do that. Come if, on. If you leave this podcast with anything, it's don't show Die Hard 3 <laughs> to your child. Or little it, dicky videos. Little dicky. All of this stuff is off the menu. Or Lonely we, Island. We'll put a list together of things you shouldn't show your children. But, Tina, yeah. thank you so much for doing this. It's been so much fun. Well, it is so much fun. And I think the um, the people who emailed in are amazing and so kind of you to do that. And uh, I just hope I don't come across like I think I know everything. I know I don't. But I do adore children. I love them. I think we're so lucky if we get to spend time with them and if there's any way I can help I will and look half the thing here is realise that you're not on your own oh god no that there not. isn't a problem that you're going to submit to this show that 20 other people listening are going I have the same thing yeah so if you associate it with any of the things that you heard if you can say wait till you hear this yeah. <laughs> it's way worse honey you're ruining our kid at gmail.com is the email address and we'll see you next time bye bye 